We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. Now, uh, I, I think full disclosure here is necessary. Uh, this is no shock when you can tell that Toby's on the telephone. Uh, I'm mobile a little bit because this has been one of the craziest couple of days that we've had. So, A, I apologize, Toby, that we weren't in our regular game plan spot on a Tuesday when it drops. And then, secondly, it, it actually worked out okay because we'll be able to lead right into the Lincoln Riley press conference whenever we're done here. So, so, my crazy Tuesday... It ended up working out perfectly for everyone to get to hear Lincoln coming up here in just a bit. And I know that you're all in on the excitement of basketball right now, but it was, I don't know, man, it was just fun to hear Lincoln's voice today. There's been a lot of things going on in football, and, you know, spring football's right around the corner. Everyone has started back up to school over the last week now. So kind of uh, from a football perspective, all eyes on spring ball right now with no signees today. Yeah, we got a little month or so disconnect there after uh, the Cotton Bowl and everything, and it was good to get a check in just to just to just to hear him still around, and uh, that, that voice warms our hearts. I think so. Uh, I I'm very much looking forward to hopefully a closer to normal year ahead. I know that Great. that's uh, you know that's uh, we're gonna have to uh, progress. Uh, across the country for that to happen. But hopefully we can get this vaccine flow. Football is able to happen. And then and, and regular, you know, the season looks more like we're used to. But, yeah, here in Lincoln, and we had the signing day today and everything, uh, sprinkling in some football talk every once in a while for us in the state of Oklahoma makes makes our hearts happy. You know, I know that as, as this drops – I mean, the, the, the Riley presser is coming up later. We're going to hold off on hearing from Alex Grinch and I think Dennis Simmons as well. That's going to be a little bit later on this week, just so this doesn't become too long of a pod. But it is kind of wild to think about what the early signing period has done to what today traditionally is. Because, you know, I told this story and, and was talking with you about it on our radio shows today. This was one of the days, right? I mean, this was it, man. You yeah. you, you, started working when you were at TV and when I was uh, in radio. Sure. We started working before the sun came up and you went well after the sun went down and there would be surprises and shocks. And it's just – it's kind of, kind of wild how it's adjusted over time. Boy, I remember this was the day that was the biggest pain in my backside <laughs> Same. at Channel 9 <laughs> – of all of all the year because you know it was pre digital age so the ability to email highlights or get highlights on huddle or whatever didn't exist and so you would start months in advance certainly weeks in advance and in some cases months in advance 
starting to figure out who does it look like are the guys who are either committed or are going to sign with OU or OSU and, and in your, you know, Tulsa up in the 918 and start to try to get that video. And it wasn't an easy process. You would have to call uh, our, you know, other news stations in Houston or Miami or Dallas or wherever the kids were from and say, do you have any video of this kid? And if not, could you go shoot some video for us on Friday night of this kid? And sometimes they could, sometimes they couldn't. If they did, they would have to edit it onto a tape and FedEx the tape to us. And then we'd have to gather the tape from all around the country and edit down the highlights and figure out what you could use and what you couldn't. And inevitably, you would spend so much of your time trying to gather all this video. And then this day would come, signing day would come, and you would, and the news director would walk in and say, You've got two minutes for sports tonight. And I'd be like, no! <laughs> I don't understand how much work I put into trying to find video of all these guys. Please let me have the whole newscast tonight. But <laughs> it's not like that anymore. You know, right. we all have video available at our fingertips of everyone. And, and I just, I think I just did not anticipate, and I'm sure the guys who follow recruiting more than me did, but I did not anticipate this normal February signing date almost completely disappearing. You know, it's there are some guys today around the country who are signing, but not many. And I thought it would be five or six guys that would take advantage of the early signing date. And they just didn't want to put up with the hassle of it anymore and wanted to get it out of the way. But there, but the normal February signing day would still be the crux of of what happened and boy it it isn't man everybody has gone to that early signing date and all the schools are pushing for everybody to sign early and this is just kind of the the drips and drabs you know the the guys who either just weren't ready in december or slipped through the cracks or whatever it's fascinating how it's worked out i don't know if it's good or bad Lincoln probably has an opinion. Coaches probably have an opinion. I'm sure parents, you know, it's, it's weird to me that we do it now right in the middle of trying to get ready for the most important games, you know, the bowl games and conference championship games and everything. seems like, boy, that's a really busy time for everybody to be assembling their signing classes in December. But, I, I mean, they moved it there, so I guess that's where they wanted it. It it does make for uh, you know this week with or this year with the pandemic and everything you had the early signing day the week of the Big Twelve Championship right wasn't that that week Yep Yep it was chaos it was chaos but but anyway they pulled it off the point is uh, good to hear from Lincoln today doesn't have the special meaning that it normally you know it used to that's for sure it is kind of crazy I I wonder if you could go back in time if if this was something that people realized would diminish the second date as much as it has because like you said maybe there are a few guys that constantly cover recruiting that like oh yeah this we knew this was going to happen or coaches knew how how quickly guys would sign or even get on campus but yeah it's um it's kind of crazy, isn't it? You know, it was cool today, and you guys will hear this coming up if you missed it during the presser, to hear Lincoln talk about the transfer guys. Eric Gray in the running back room, the Mike Bowens kid who's going to provide some depth in the quarterback room. I mean, there's there's a lot of really, really interesting pieces, Wanya Morris, that have made their way on campus that you know, could find themselves playing very useful and helpful roles for this team in 2021. So from my perspective, it was it was very interesting to hear him talk about the transfer portal. And then in that, not just the guys coming in, but the guys that we think are going out, uh, as, as news broke last night, you know, Buki has put himself in the transfer portal. And I loved hearing Lincoln talk about Brendan Radley-Hiles. You know, I think sometimes we see a name go in the portal and we just assume, oh, that dude is gone. And nine out of ten times, I, I think that would be the case. But even Lincoln said today, hey, you know, our, our kind of hopes is that he's not gone and that he's back. And, you know, you had a segment this morning that I thought was just fascinating. When you talk about as fans, there's always polarizing players. And Buki has fit that, that, those dimensions for a lot of people. But I'll tell you what, from a, 
a media perspective, from just a, a team guy perspective, I hope he's not done at Oklahoma. I hope we see 44 flying around and still trying to make plays in 2021 for this Sooner football team. I, um, yeah, I, I want what's best for him, and yep. if that's uh, to go play somewhere else, then then I, I will be a Brendan Radley Hiles fan wherever he ends up. Same. Um, and if it's for Oklahoma again, then great. Listen, I know he's been the target of a lot of um, frustration, and not, and, and not, I'm not even saying it's not deserved in times. You know, he's had some penalties that make you want to pull your hair out and certainly getting ejected from the peach bowl a year ago, frustrated a lot of people. And I get it. He, unfortunately for him, he came in with five stars next to his name and he earned that in in the way he played in high school. But with that comes tremendous expectations and it, it, it's really hard to live up to that, you know? And, and he's, um, but he's a great kid and, and everybody, that you talk to around that program, coaches, players, everybody just raves about what a leader he is, what a tremendous asset he is for Oklahoma football. So uh, I, I feel bad for him for the the way he, his career's gone, and he's made plays. Oh, yeah. He's made big plays for this team. But I feel bad that he's got this stigma attached to his name so far anyway in a Sooner uniform that has frustrated fans. And I hope whether it's in Oklahoma or wherever he lands, that he is able to finish his career in a positive way because, and and you know what? I promise you, he's going to go on after that and do great things. He's going to be a a coach or work in an athletic department or whatever he wants to do in life. But his interpersonal skill set is remarkable. I mean, he's going to be a leader. He's charismatic. He's going to be a leader. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever he does, wherever he goes, uh, beyond football, he's going to be a tremendous asset uh, to his community and his team and his university or franchise, whatever it is, because uh, Brandon Radley Hiles is an impressive young man. T. Rowe, okay, so a lot of football that we've talked about here on the pod, and Lincoln Raleigh to kind of summarize it all coming up as soon as we get done here in the next few minutes. But, man, what a week it was for OU basketball. Go on the road, uh, shorthanded, a nearly knockoff Texas Tech debut in the ESPN, or I don't know if it's still even ESPN, the, the coaches poll at, what, 14, jump into the top 10 in the AP poll. Uh, you know, it's tough being without Austin Reeves, but they still found a way to, to win some big games. We haven't talked to you since the Alabama game. Uh, but, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm digging where this team is. I think a good chance to get right Saturday against Iowa State, even though West Virginia, they got a tough one last night from, from Iowa State, only knocking them off by a couple. But I really dig where this team is right now despite the tough loss. Yeah, they're fun. I mean, they, Lon's got them playing great basketball. It's as good of a defensive team as I think Lon has had in, in his time here, which is 10 years now. And they're really good on offense, too. I I heard someone say the other day they didn't they didn't think Oklahoma was that good of an offensive team and Ooh. I think they have but I disagree that they are the second highest scoring team in the and they've got four guys that are explosive offensively in Austin Reeves who we've seen go for big numbers thirty two against TCU forty one last game. Uh, Brady Manick, who's had multiple high 20 and 30 point games in his career, still trying to find it right now, but explosive score. Emoji Gibson had a 29 point game this year. Davion Harmon has had multiple games in the in the 20s, and their ball movement's been extraordinary on the off. They've had a 20 assist game, a 19 assist game. They're number two in the Big 12 in assists, which means they're moving the ball fantastically. So I think they're they're really good on offense, despite that ugly performance out in in Lubbock on that end of the court. But it's the defense that has really captured everybody's attention. And what Elijah Harkless and Emoja Gibson and Davion Harmon and Kirk Weth on the back end with all his block shots are doing is phenomenal. It's fun to watch, and and they had a historic. January getting four top 10 wins 
first team to do that since 1974 in college basketball, not OU, in college basketball. First time it's been done in almost half a century. They got three top 10 team, 10 wins in a row. They got the Alabama score and two starters. So it's a, it's a great role they've been on. And you're right. Iowa State coming up Saturday, winless so far in Big 12 play, not to be taken for granted, but a team that hopefully you add Austin Reeves and you can uh, get back and then settle in for another gauntlet because after that, they, they, they go to Morgantown. Mm. They got Texas. I mean, it just <laughs> doesn't stop. I do think that the end of the season, the last four games, I think it is, of the regular season against teams that are right now in the bottom four of the Big 12 standings. Uh, now, that's not to say it's going to be easy, but it's a little bit of a reprieve. Now, they got to go to Manhattan. They got to go to Ames. They got to go to Stillwater because they have that back to back Bedlam games. I do think the closing kick there could be a, a little bit of a uh, reprieve from this gauntlet they've been running. But back to your point, they're playing great basketball. They bring an effort every night, and it's a lot of fun to watch. You like what you're seeing in bracketology so far? Because I know you're as yeah. big of a fan as I am. I love where I see them right now from Joe Lenardi. Yeah, uh, really across the board. Lenardi, I think, uh, had him as a four seed uh, in his latest one this week. And Jerry Palm at CBS had him as a three seed. Uh, that was before the Texas Tech loss. Lenardi's four seed was after the Texas Tech loss. They're in the top 20. I think they were 18 this morning in those all-important net rankings now. So that's a great place to be. You know, if they could finish this season strong and and be in that area, you know, if they're a four or five seed going into the tournament, something like that, then you've got a really good shot if you play well at winning a couple of games, getting into the Sweet 16, and then who knows? You know, who who knows after that? You get hot, and, and they could find themselves – uh, playing playing in some really big games. But they have, because of these high-profile top 10 wins, their resume is gleaming right now. I mean, it's and, – and those aren't going anywhere. You know, those – their resume is going to look good at the end of the year. All they can do at this point is improve on it here in the month of February, try to get everybody healthy, try to keep playing better and better offensive basketball so that you go into March on a roll. Hey, uh, real, real quick, last thought, and, and we'll get to Lincoln Riley. I promise, last thing, Toby. Have you heard much about how the bubble's going to look for you when it comes to the NCAA tournament? Has there been much conversation about that for radio broadcasters and, and the TV side of things? No, not a lot, and we're going to need that information pretty soon. I, um, I think the Big 12 – now, I, I do think they're going to expand – uh, the travel rosters, that's good. 30 to 34, not a big expansion, but a little bit for the teams. And that's for the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament. Uh, that's the, like the tier one bubble where you get tested every day for the NCAA tournament, seven days leading up to the event. Wow. Whether or not radio crews are a part of that, I don't know. And if they're not, uh, is there another tier where radio crews could still broadcast from, you know, up in the arena a little bit. Gotcha. Both in Kansas City or in the NCAA tournament and still be able to bring the action live. I haven't heard that discussion yet either. So it's going to need to happen fairly quickly so travel arrangements and everything could be made. I'm certainly hoping it'll happen. I mean, I would love to be in Kansas City and love to be in Indianapolis so that we could bring the fans the very best content and and uh, access as possible. But I, we all understand this is extraordinary times we're living in, and we'll we'll broadcast this, those games wherever they asked us to broadcast from. Hi, right, buddy. Have a great rest of your day. Sorry we're a day late this week, y'all, but uh, it's worth it because you got Lincoln Riley coming up next. Toby, have a great call on Saturday, OU Iowa State, eleven a.m. Thank you, Chris Plank. All right, good to see everybody. It's been a while. Uh, you know, definitely a, a, a different type of uh, signing day than, than we've all been, you know, accustomed to through the years. Obviously, 
obviously so much has changed and uh but regardless of that we're you know excited about where this team's headed you know some of the um, moves that we've been able to make from seeing our you know our current players uh you know getting those guys back uh getting our, our mid-year signees in um you know obviously we added uh, a couple of transfers that, that we thought were great fits for our program and and so uh you know it's uh you know, probably feels a little bit different on the outside within here. It's, uh, I think, the the excitement of of returning players that that you feel like can, you know, continue to improve and build on some of the success uh, that we've had, and 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 also again just a lot of exciting additions. Uh, several in here right now. A couple more guys that we'll get, you know, coming in here in June as far as signees that we're, you know, that we think are going to make a, a big impact on our program. So, I think still the same sense of excitement for us uh, as a staff right now. So, um, you know, the, this spring, as, as we look ahead, you know, first starting with the staff, it, it's uh, it's great to welcome you know, Joe John Finley and, and, and his family back to Norman. Uh, you know, as a guy we've gotten to know, him through, to know through the years and certainly been a, um, have admired, you know, the job he's done at the different stops that he's had early in his career. And he's had a chance to coach at some some very good places, and uh, had had a lot of great experience, and has, has really proved himself as a as a recruiter, uh, as a position coach, uh, an offensive mind. Um, you know, guy that has great experience on the special team side as well. And the further we delved into that job, um, there was a lot of a lot of outstanding candidates. But that it just Joe John continued to make more and more sense for us. So we were. Excited to be able to get that worked out and, and bring, you know, a, another former player back here on our staff. And I, I think from that side of it, it's always great when we can add a former player, but we don't just add a former player just to do that. Uh, you know, to me, it's a to me, it's a bonus. You know, to me, it's you go find the best staff member and oh, if they happen to be a former player, that's just a, that's just that that's great. But that's not the, the reason why. So. Uh, you know the job that he's done and how he's developed as a coach, and uh, just the fit we thought for our program and, and what we needed uh, in that position just made a whole lot of sense. So we'll get him out in front of you guys here, let him get his feet wet for a few more weeks, and then let, give you guys a chance to visit with him. But certainly excited to have him back and uh, off to a great start with him. Um, Staff-wise, uh, you know, at this point, don't anticipate uh, any other major changes. Um, uh, we'll have a couple new titles, a couple new things uh, with guys, but I don't, I don't anticipate anything, um, you know, any other changes at this point. Although we always know that's a that's a possibility in our world. So uh, excited about the staff we have. Uh, you know, obviously the full time guys, and and you know, think that you know we're continuing to grow and, and improve together as a staff. And I and I think the continuity. Here has been so important. I think it's been key to any of the successes we have had, and I think it's important going forward as much as you can. Uh, you know, now if a guy gets a great opportunity to to go be a head coach or to go take a major step up, then you're always happy for him. Uh, but I think us being able to to have the continuity we've have has again been critical, and not only with our, our full time staff but also our our, our young coaches, uh, because those guys, our, our quality controls, our, our GAs do such a tremendous job and they're valuable assets. And, and you know, we're going to be able to welcome back that group as a whole as well, which I'm very excited about. I, I think as top to bottom, it's it's probably the, the top, uh, you know, quality control GA staff that, that we've had. And uh, these guys really make a big impact. Um, you know, Ty Darlington, Eric Rand, Connor McQueen on the offensive side, Parker Henry, uh, Will Johnson, Austin Woods on the defensive side, and then Ryan Doherty, uh, special teams, who you know jumped in for Coach Beamer a few times last year. Those guys have been outstanding, and they're all they're all you know going to be great, great coaches, and are going to get some big time opportunities here pretty quickly. But we're excited to have all those guys back and a part of our team once again. Uh, you know, from the from the player side, and certainly looking ahead at spring, you know the the hope is I think like everybody is the, the hope is. That we could have a a quote unquote more normal spring, um, and I do feel like it's I, I do feel like there's some momentum towards that and an expectation that we will be able to to conduct a, a more normal off season, a more normal um, certainly more normal spring football period than what we had last year. Uh, we're still uh, we're still in a pandemic, 
Uh, we're still taking uh, the same precautions uh, that we did during the season. That has not changed. We have not relaxed uh, uh, our standards. We have not relaxed our policies, our procedures. Uh, our number one goal still hasn't changed, which is to keep these guys as healthy as we can and then to do our part just as members of society to continue to try to fight against this pandemic and against this virus. So that's that that certainly hasn't changed, but we, we obviously learned a lot during the season about how we can um, handle that and still be able to go about our business. And uh, and so that's still still a big part of our everyday life up here. Uh, off season off to a great start. Been very proud of the guys coming back, the energy, the excitement. I think there's a lot of momentum in this program, and you can feel that with our with our players. They were excited to get back and get to work. Uh, and then, like I said, the new additions have been very positive. Um, team's done a great job of bringing those guys along and getting them acclimated with with our culture and with the way we do things. So, um, yeah, looking forward to, like I said, a, a, you know, several weeks here of off season. Our plan is to start spring ball. Uh, in late March um, to have a spring game in uh, in late April and uh, you know and then and then obviously see where we're at from there but that's our, certainly our plans right now other than the recruiting piece which is still up in the air our our plans are to uh, get to work and have a good full off season and, and a good full spring ball okay, we'll go to questions first one this morning will be from Ryan Aber the Oklahoman and then Eric Bailey Ryan yeah, Lincoln, wanted to, to ask you about the, the Tennessee transfers, what each of those guys brings uh, to the table, and just how unusual was that to uh, have a situation where you get three guys from one school and how interconnected uh, were those situations? Yeah, you know, actually the situations really weren't connected at all. Uh, you know, two of the guys we had you know, recruited, um, Wanye and and. Keyshawn, we had recruited both in the, uh, uh, you know, in their original recruitment. Um, you know, we thought thought we had a pretty decent chance to to land those guys, and I think we're right there, pretty close. Uh, you know, before they ultimately chose to go to Tennessee, and and um, and so I think it was pretty natural for them uh, that when they made the decision to leave, that this was going to be one of the places they considered because we had you know built up some good relationships with those guys. So. You know, those guys are just, it's like they took a one-year hiatus, but almost feels like, you know, we recruited him, we know them, um, especially Keyshawn. We really got down the road with him. So, uh, yeah, but just I think, you know, they decided to make a, you know, that they needed a change of scenery and they, you know, liked what we were doing here. And, and uh, you know, that was, uh, those things came together pretty quickly. Um, and so, you know, Eric was a little bit different, uh, didn't, didn't, recruit him uh, as much, didn't know him as well, uh, but um, felt like there was an opportunity here. And he once he got in the portal, he reached out and expressed some interest and evaluated him and thought he, we thought he could help our football team. And so, yeah, I, I mean, they obviously know each other. They're, you know, kind of different classes. Uh, I, I don't know that one caused another to leave. It wasn't really a domino effect type deal. I think it was three separate situations and they just happened to be from the same university. Appreciate it, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll go to Eric Bailey, the Tulsa World, and then Joe Bettner. Lincoln, when you're getting transfers through the portal, do you get a sense of their maturity th- during their second recruiting process? And what's it like to recruit established players who really can't afford to waste time with the process if they want to enroll and make an immediate impact in the spring? Yeah, no, I think you do get a sense of their maturity. And I, I think, you know, what they've learned and why they're leaving and, you know, what what they're looking for and I think for us we try to just paint a very real picture of of what what it looks like here and what's going to be expected and what the standard is and um and what the opportunities are going to be like and and the biggest thing is we just we don't want surprises you know we don't we want to know what we're getting and we want these guys to completely understand what they're what they're jumping into and I think if both sides are for it then then it's great um yeah, it's a little different, you know. Some of the guys, again, like like a Keyshawn. I mean, we you know knew him, knew his family. I mean, so much of that had kind of already been said and done that it was um, a little bit more just to the point of you know, you know, here's our situation. This is your situation. Is this what you want to do? Uh, whereas you get a guy that maybe is a, a transfer that you don't know as well. Then there's there's 
maybe a little bit more to, you know, building a relationship and just trying to get to know each other as fast as you can. And obviously, you know, didn't have the luxury this year of bringing guys in on visits or anything like that. It was, it was all done, all done virtually, but it, it is still a little bit, each individual situation is different, but it's obviously a, a condensed timeline. And, and, you know, these guys have, you know, this isn't a deal about facilities and all that, that sometimes high school guys get wrapped up in. This is, this is a, you know, for these guys, there's a little bit more of a business-like demeanor to it. Thanks, Lincoln. We'll go to Joe Bettner with the Norman transcript, and then Jason Kersey. Lincoln, uh, curious that you guys bring in uh, transfer quarterback Micah Bowens. Uh, what uh, stuck out about him just as far as when you were uh, seeing him in the transfer portal? And, you know, was it – was it uh, you didn't seem too pressed to bring in a third quarterback, but is it nice to – have that going into spring football, having a bigger room? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, we, we, we were a fan of Micah coming out. Uh, obviously, watched him at Gorman and what he had done there, and we're very aware of him. And, and um, yeah, just one of those things that, you know, we had, you know, a couple guys, you know, leave the room. And, you know, we knew going into it that we weren't just going to take a guy to take a guy. But at the same time, we thought if a viable option came up at the transfer portal at the quarterback position, that we were going to take a good look at it because, you know, just the room, you know, the room right now, uh, you know, with with Spencer and Caleb, I mean, you've got, you know, at, you know right now that two scholarship players, you know, and we lost a couple of, uh, you know, really good walk-ons out of that room too. And so it's uh, – we knew we had to start to rebuild that room back up a little bit. And, and so we just said, hey, if a guy pops up that piques our interest that we think could come here and be a good player and obviously contribute and compete and, and, and be a uh, and, and come be what we expect out of that position, then we're going to take a look. And yeah, Michael went into the transfer portal and we, we liked what we saw and had some good conversations uh, with him and his family. And, and it was um, he was. Again, the interest was was mutual and uh, moved along pretty quickly. Thanks, Lincoln. Let's go to Jason Kersey of the Athletic, and then Bob Prisbillo. Yeah, Lincoln, you, you touched on it a moment ago, but with with Wanyang Key, um, you know the fact that you had recruited them before. I, I'm curious when with the transfer portal the way it is. Do you ever feel like you're totally out on anybody? I mean, in the back of your mind, when someone signs elsewhere, do you is there any party that thinks, well, maybe in a year or two we can get them back? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think you you have to be aware of that because it's reality right now. Um, and so, I, I, now I will say this: it hasn't changed the way that that we operate. I mean, we're we're not the group that if a guy tells us he's not going to come here that we end it yelling and screaming. I mean, that's just not not who we are, not what we believe in. Um, but, you know, it's it's natural to think that if you've built relationships with guys and now with this, the transfer portal and likely passing of the one-time transfer, it, you know, it's 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 the reality that we all live in now. And um, so, and we've obviously, I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of examples. I mean, you know, you know, Kyler Murray here was a, you know, great example of that several years back. So it's, uh, you never know what's going to happen with these kids. Bob Prisbillo, Sooner Scoop, and then Mason Young. Lincoln, you sort of had us prepared from with early signing day. You said you'd have a chance to go through the portal and try to find some players. Was this about what you thought it would be? And do you think it's going to stay like this, or is this like a one-year ex- ex- uh, ex- uh, exception because of the way COVID worked out? Well, I mean, it's going to become a part of it. I, I you know, we knew we wanted to be pretty conservative with the, the first fall signing date. Um, I don't know. It depends how you look at it. I look at it as almost like we were aggressive and that we had the guys that we wanted and we went hard after and we really didn't we, – we didn't push really on anything outside of it. Um, it, it was it was good how it worked out, though, for us because the, the, the transfer um, – the transfer portal gave us a chance to – it was almost like in three segments. You know, you had the – you had the initial signing period – you know, and see what you get. We knew we wanted to have some flexibility after that. We left ourselves a lot of flexibility. Uh, then the transfers start making their decisions. So we were able to, you know, kind of see what was in there and what we needed and, and uh, you know, able to get a few guys there. And that made, honestly, today a lot easier because then you're, you know, then the kind of the last part of the plan was, well, if there's something that we need that we don't get in the transfer portal, then we could look to sign them, you know, out of high school today. And, uh 
Yeah, we, you know, with the, with the guys we brought in, um, you know, made today pretty easy. I mean, we didn't send out one in, in LI. Um, we, you know, we, we pretty much uh, we knew we weren't going to sign another high school player once the transfer portal shook out the way that it did. But a Mason Young with OU Daily, and then John Hoover. Yeah, Lincoln. Just curious about um, Robert Conjol and what you think he brings to your offensive line depth coming in from Arizona. Yeah, no, we were excited about him. Uh, you know, another one that that had some mutual interest when he got in the transfer portal, and and uh, really liked him on tape. He reminded us of a, a couple of guys that we had had before um, with with some of his position kind of flexibility and and uh, some of the experience that he had. And so we, and obviously, you know, gave us a little bit of depth in there with uh, you know with with losing a couple of guys. And so you know, a guy that's played both center and guard, and, and we're going to work at both and. And obviously, we'll be looking to replace Creed, which could come from, you know, whether it's a, a, a current center in our program or it's, you know, shifting somebody into center. I mean, uh, those are options that will be worked through. But getting a guy like Robert gives us experience. Uh, it gives us flexibility. Uh, you know, and I think he was I think he was looking for an opportunity to, to you know, to come do it at a place like Oklahoma and have a chance to compete for championships. And, and so, you know. We had what he was looking for, and he had what we were looking for. John Hoover with SI Sooners, and then Brandon Drum. Yeah, hey, Lincoln. Um, you touched on it a minute ago. I wanted to ask you if, if you could follow up, maybe give us some more details of, of the mechanics of the recruiting process while the transfer portal is open. You're thinking, okay, we might get this guy. We're, we're, in a, we're one of the finalists for this high school kid. But we can't put too much in too much into that one because we might get something from the transfer portal. Can you kind of lay out the mechanics of how that shakes out through the end of December and into now signing day? Yeah, you know the the transfer side is just different. You know, like like signing day, you know, like like this is the day, and they're going to sign. You know, most guys if they're going to do it are going to sign this day. Whereas you know the transfer could kind of come anytime, anywhere, there's not necessarily a, a deadline for that. Um, so, you know, we knew obviously the majority of transfers were going to happen after the first signing period. So again, our, our, our mentality was let's, let's go after the high school guys that we know we 100% absolutely want. And then let's not, let's not overdo that. Let's be understand that. I mean, rarely do you get every single person that you want. That's a dream world, but that just doesn't happen very often for anybody. And so, we knew we were going to leave ourselves, and even honestly, had we gotten everybody we wanted high school wise, we still would have had quite a bit of flexibility. We just did not have very many targets. Um, yeah, and we had, I would say, about the flexibility that we expected that we would have. And and um, yeah, the you know transfer wise, it's you're, yeah you are you're you're gauging that. You're still at that time recruiting some high school players, just kind of trying to figure out you know how are we going to fill the roster the best, and how are we going to address the positions of need the best, and you know, luckily for us, I mean, I think there was, you know, some key impact guys that that came became available that that were the right guys, the right positions. Again, some previous relationships already established that helped you know wrap up some of those transfer guys pretty quick, and that that helped us because once we knew you know a lot of those guys were coming, it was you know we were able to be up front with a few of the high school guys we were recruiting and and uh, you know let them move on to other options and made it you know a lot cleaner and easier I think for everybody. Thanks. Brandon Drum, OU Insider, and then James Hale. Yeah, Lincoln, um, you guys kind of managed this scholarship thing pretty well. I mean, with 110, it's supposed to go up to 110, and then you guys don't know what it's going to do next. Did, did you all – how hard was that for you guys to manage that, kind of going in maybe not signing so many in 2021 and – deciding, you know, what might happen with the pro and transfers after the 2021 season. Was that something you guys had to like sit down and just deliberate for a long period of time? Or did you, did you kind of have all that figured out right, right from the get go? No, I would think, I think it was just conversations ongoing and, you know, just trying to, I think, I think we've just tried to do is not look, you know, so directly in the moment. I mean, I, I think so many people, you know, like this day and age, so many people get caught up on winning signing day. You know, winning signing day doesn't do anything. I mean, it's uh, 
you know, it's it's about just building the roster the very best you can, the best roster. And, and you know, right now there's just so many different ways to build it than what we've been used to. And so um, I, I think we had to be committed to it. I mean, I think I think a lot of people would have been nervous with signing the amount of guys that we did on that initial signing date. But I think we I think we were very committed to to our process and to our plan and believe that we were handling it the right way. And, and uh, I, I, I know if we could take it back or had a chance to do it all over again, I think we would do it exactly the same way. I mean, we're, we're thrilled with how, you know, we've been able to build the roster and not only, you know, in a nice mix of guys, you know, because the transfers are great. And, and I think they're, you know, I have high hopes for all the guys that we've brought in, but also, it is still important to continue to bring in, you know, young high school players, and and we've, you know, we love the class of of young guys that we've signed. Again, a lot of them are here already, um, and I think mixing those with with a few of the transfers, and most of these transfers have multiple years available. Uh, it just fit what we needed right now. So um, I'm 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 glad we're able to look forward and and I think project this thing, you know, decently and. And, and more importantly, I'm just glad we stuck to it as opposed to, you know, panicking there at the end of December and, and trying to, you know, load up on a few more guys. We, we stuck to our guns, and I think it paid off. We'll go to James Hale of KREF and then Barry Trammell. Lincoln, it's always fun to hear your thoughts on your newcomers when you get them in. I think you had 10 young guys, uh, signees that you had come in. You manage things well when you lost guys because of transfer or whatever, but you're able to number-wise to get guys back in, so it's about a wash. How much have all the newcomers kind of energized the program a little bit here in the offseason, if any at all? Yeah, they've done well. I would, I would, you know, you know me, I'm not the one to anoint somebody right off the top, but I just think the group has, they have done a good job of coming in and, and bringing energy and being eager. Um, you know they're, they're a confident group, but they also know they've got a long way to go and a lot of work to do. So it's uh, no, it's been a good group. I mean, you know, now you know we only started school, a, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, these guys are just a you know really a week and a half in the full off season. So we got a long ways to go, but they've no, they've done a good job. I mean, they 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 look good on the hoof and they they um, they're working. They're very eager. Uh, I think talent wise. I would say these guys are at, or even maybe a couple of them, maybe a little further ahead of what we thought they could be. And so much of that was a little bit unknown because even though some of these guys have been committed for a while, we've known them and we haven't seen these guys. I mean, when they walked in our indoor the other day, when they moved in, it was honestly a strange feeling, like actually seeing somebody in the flesh, you know, other than your family member, a player, or staff member, it was kind of like, like seeing them and talking to them and, hugging them and like I mean it was just it was honestly felt weird I mean it's uh hard to explain but yeah it was uh and then a couple of people I mean you know like like NRK I mean we never met him before that's the first time I've ever met him so when he's moving in several uh, several you know family members of, of a couple of the kids that I had had a chance to meet first time I ever met him you know I was moving day uh in person which is which is crazy but I no it's a it's a tight group it's a talented group um I think group's gonna have a chance to I mean, I think have obviously their impact down the line, but I do think there's a, a, the group as a whole is going to have a chance to have on a, a nice impact on this team right now. Thanks, Lincoln. Barry Trammell, the Oklahoman, and then Gary Emig. Yeah, Lincoln, we're 11 months into the pandemic and hopefully nearing the end, but do you expect to take anything from the pandemic and keep it? Anything you had to change, whether it's scheduling, practices, communication, whatever the case. Do you see anything sustainable that, that you say, hey, this is something we can we can use even when, when times get good again? Definitely, definitely. I mean, I think the way that we can communicate virtually, uh, whether it's, you know, staff to players, players to players, staff to staff, I, I think there's some things we can do to – you know, improve quality of life and and uh, or become more efficient from the you know with what we can do virtually that I absolutely think will carry through. Um, that you know, I think there's times that we can get the same things done and not all have to be necessarily in the exact same place. And so I, I definitely think we'll carry that. Uh, you know, I hope we carry in the. You know, we we were allowed to do these OTAs this year. 
leading into fall camp. You know, and I know there's been some discussion about possibly, you know, limiting fall camp and some of the contact and all that in practice. And I, I thought those OTAs were fantastic and potentially give you a, a shorter runway into the season. Um, and I thought they helped prepare players. And uh, I, I definitely hope that that's something that we continue doing. There may be a few other things off the top of my head, but those are those are the first two that, that, that hit me when you asked the question. Okay, we'll go to Gary and Emig, Tulsa Worlds. And then uh, Daniel Dwyer. Lincoln, you okay with addressing Buki? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. No, no. Well, here's, <clears throat> I was thinking about it as I saw this, the news break last night, and the the thing that kept coming to mind was fairness in terms of expectations for a kid even before he's he's gotten into a program, and they were obviously through the roof for for Buki, but also fairness and how people. Uh, react to it, react to his career when, when uh, you know, in terms of how, how, how he does compared to those expectations. Is, is that something that we ought to consider in, in, in his case, kind of a cautionary tale? Well, you know, first thing I would say is I certainly hope his career here is not over. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, you know, I've, He's had a great impact here. Um, the people here within the walls probably understand that a whole lot better than the people outside. Um, you know, and everybody's got to realize, I mean, when, when he came in here, obviously he had a lot of, you know, there's a lot of hype uh, around him. Um, and, you know, he walked into a, you know, defensive situation that year that was very, very tough. And, and, I, and you know, a lot of that got put on him from a public, not certainly not within these walls, but from, from the public. And that's... No, that's 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 the that's the nature of the beast, and that's uh, the the good with the bad. And and uh, think about that kid. That kid's had so many great moments here. You know, whether it being game saving interceptions, big plays um, that he's had, game winning plays for us. He's had. He's been a huge part of just kind of our culture. You know, helping young players. Uh, he's done a great job of. You know, being involved with with recruits and and you know hosting guys on campus, he's he's uh, he's been a great student, a great ambassador for our program. And uh, so, you know, his if, if we can if we can get the same amount of contributions out of all our players that we have out of him, then then we we're going to get really really we're going to get much better in a hurry. Uh, so he's been fantastic here. Uh, if he, if he does decide to leave, then I'll be his biggest fan. And, and, uh, I think he'll have, I think he'll have a lot of fans around here and a lot of people that will watch him. Uh, and if, you know, he decides to stay, which is what I certainly hope happens, then, uh, we're going to have one, one great last run together. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. okay, let's go to Daniel Dwyer with Fox 25 and then Kerry Murdoch. Yeah, Lincoln, I wanted to ask you about uh, Ben Harris. Uh, I was able to talk with him after he said he was going to come in as a PWO and uh, his excitement for that and how quick it went then to uh, reporting to campus the following week. But I just wanted to hear your thoughts on what you saw from him that you liked and what you think he'll bring to that quarterback room. You kind of touched on the quarterback room earlier, but just curious your thoughts on Ben and what he'll bring to that room and your overall thoughts on the dynamic of that room now. Yeah, yeah, no, that room, kind of like we said earlier, was one that we knew we wanted to add some pieces. And, and we knew regardless if we, you know, we didn't know that we would grab somebody out of the transfer portal that we would, you know, that we would scholarship. We didn't know if that was going to show up and that was going to happen. But we knew regardless that we we wanted to look at really target some of the best guys in the in the country that have been overlooked and that, that would be interested in a, in a preferred walk-on spot here. And so Ben was one of the guys that we – Targeted and and saw and and we made we made contact pretty quickly after uh, after season ended. We were able to get back in here and had a chance to really watch and evaluate him. And yeah, I mean, like the kid's skill set. Obviously, he's been a, a winner. He's won at the highest level and done it. Done obviously a lot of it. Uh, he's obviously been coached very well and been part of a program that has high expectations and standards themselves. And so. Uh, yeah, and it fit. I mean, it was it, it came together crazy fast. I mean, it's, it's like Coach Gundy was on a phone call with him, and and then it felt like he was like here like two days later. It was uh, it came together very quick. But yeah, he's uh, 
like anybody in our program, going to have a, an opportunity. We'll be excited to see what he can do and, and develop. But um, and yeah, he'll like I said, that room is is kind of ever changing, and that's kind of the world of quarterbacks right now. And and but we felt like it was the right time to add him and a couple other pieces. And and uh, so I'm excited about the room. There's a lot of new. Uh, you know, it's you know, really me and Spencer Rattler and and uh, Ty Darlington there in the room, and everybody else is a new face. So it's uh, but it's fun. It's it's new skill sets, and guys are eager, and it'll be fun to watch those guys to compete and see how it shakes out. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have time for just one last one. Kerry Murdoch, Sooner Scoop, and WW uh, class. Hey, Lincoln, uh, I, I'm, I was wondering if, if you could talk, you know, there are a lot of programs that are kind of making the transfer portal kind of like the new JUCO for them. I mean, kind of a, a way to, to get players in their program. Do you have concerns? I know there are rules in place, but do you have concerns about tampering, about, you know, people kind of always targeting your guys that might not be starting or, you know, targeting, you know, their family members or maybe people they train with? Is that a concern moving forward? Definitely. I mean, uh, there's no question. I mean, especially when, you know, the majority of guys that, you know, that will sign here out of high school are, you know, for the most part, pretty heavily recruited players. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, you know, we keep, you know, and I, I think we already have a little bit, but hopefully we keep strengthening the, the penalties, you know, for that happening. And, and I think, you know, you got to educate your players, and and then I think I think the big thing is you just again I think it goes back to your culture, you know, and I I think if you've got a culture and a, and a program that players want to be a part of and and they see opportunities with, and I think you can withstand those type of things. But you know, is it happening? Uh, is it a concern? Of course. I mean, it's uh, no different than people that cheat in recruiting. I mean, that's we all we all know what's going on. You know, you wish more people would get caught. You wish, you wish it didn't happen. Uh, but to duck our head in the sand, our head in the sand, and pretend like it's not. You know, it is. And like I said, hopefully we'll on both ends of that. Hopefully we'll continue to strengthen rules and 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 you know, people that are going to do that. Hopefully we can make it to a point where they, if they want to do it, that's fine. But they're risking everything. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.